From the Thai Cats Audio Network, this is Thai Cats Today with Braden Neville. On today's episode, Simone Lawrence talks about potentially entering the top 10 all time in tackles and doing it against the rival Argos. Tyler Ternowski returns to the lineup and speaks about being back in the black and gold. Coach O discusses how this week has gone in preparation for Saturday's game. And Brian Simmons joins the show to talk Ticats Argos. It's Friday, September 22nd, 2023, and you're listening to Ticats Today. Today was the final day of practice for the week for the Cats, doing their weekly walkthrough, and they're ready for tomorrow, and this big game against the Argos on the road at BMO Field. Both teams released their depth chart, and the Argos will be without their star running back, A.J. Olette, who will be a healthy scratch in this one. The Argos being a little bit cautious with him now that they've clinched first in the East, so the Ticats will have to wait to get redemption for Let's call it that theatrical celebration in the Labor Day Classic, bringing out the hammer in the hammer. And it's a celebration I'm sure this Ticats team won't soon forget. But like I said, they'll have to wait until they meet in the playoffs if that is the case. Their other running back, Andrew Harris, will be out as well with a knee injury. So Chad Kelly is going to be relied upon pretty big in this game for the Cats. For the Ticats, a few changes. Rich Leonard will return to the lineup after missing last game, stepping back in at the half. He will replace Lawrence Woods, who stepped in last game. So good to see Rich Leonard back. That's a big piece of that Ticats secondary returning, and he suffered that injury in the Ottawa game. If you can remember, he placed a big hit on Dustin Crum. So it's good to see him back in the lineup and not missing too much time. Jordan Murray will slide over for Joel Figueroa, who is out this game, and Tyrone Riley will take over at right tackle. Hamilton's own Tyler Ternowski will make his long-awaited return to the lineup after being out with an ankle injury. We will get to him in just a bit, but first, Cocho spoke about getting ready for this QEW matchup and more following today's walkthrough. Yeah, I think prep weeks went real good. I think the, the coach has done an outstanding job. I think just top to bottom, right? We, we do things together around here, and that's just how it is. And I feel like this week there's a great focus, attention to detail. Uh, I think the energy was was solid. And But like I always say, there's a, there's a test at the end of every week. And, you know, what you did last week is great, you know, win or lose. It's about what you get done this week. So we know we're going to have our hands full, but uh, this football team needs a challenge like this right now to see exactly uh, where we're at. Tyler Chanowski is going to be returning to the roster. How has his progression gone throughout this week, and is he looking ready to go here? Yeah, I think things are looking favorable for Tyler. Like he's been, you know, he's been bit by the injury bug quite quite a bit this year. Uh, he's been working hard on the sideline, but the sideline's one thing. You know, I think the, the really good thing about Tyler is he's just a hardworking guy that's going to do whatever's asked. So um, should he be in the lineup, you know, I would expect him to be a huge contributor on teams, and then we'll see what type of role he'll have on offense. So, yeah, I'm excited for him because you see daily what nobody else sees, and that's just how hard uh, he's working to get back. Yeah, Tyler in the past has been a starter for us, and I think Richie Sandani's doing a fantastic right. job uh, filling in, playing more special teams probably than he's ever played in his career. Obviously, he stayed healthy, yeah. a lot healthier than he has uh, throughout his career. And so with Tyler, you know, he's started for us. He's played inside. He's played outside. Uh, he's returned at times. He's, you know, he's been on the kickoff team. So I know you're speaking specifically to the offense, and I would say yes, absolutely, when you have experience like that. Uh, it does provide you a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, no, they jumped out on us, and it, it was uh, it was too much for us. And I don't think you can do that against the great teams. I think you got to 
keep it a competitive football game and, and you know, not make it a three-score game. I think it was something like that. And when it's a three-score game against a, a great team, it's tough. And, you know, they do a great job of scoring a decent amount of points, running the ball. They're just a complete team. I mean, their record speaks for it. So, um, yeah, this is a challenge that's, you know, it happens to be the next game on the schedule. So, and it just happens to be that, you know, it's Toronto, but also that, you know, they currently have the best record in the league. So I'm uh, looking forward to this challenge. Yeah, they have they have plenty of depth, and you know I think what you see when you turn the tape on, and if you just watch the games, they've just been extremely resilient, in my opinion. But I don't really talk about other people's ball clubs, but you know you you do kind of take a look at like, hmm, what what are they doing well, and that sort of thing. And so, you know they're gonna they're gonna put 12 out there, and they're gonna be ready to play, and you know we better be ready to play. That was Coach O. He spoke about getting back Tyler Tarnowski and what we can expect from him in his first game back. And the Hamilton product is ready to go and happy to be back in the lineup. And spoke to me about getting back to health and playing tomorrow night. Uh, Great. Just ready to get back out there with my guys and do what we do. Be physical. Be Toronto. What has that process been like for you to get back to playing for? It's been uh, obviously a little bit frustrating just because injuries in general are frustrating, but uh, the staff we have with Coach Bowman is, and our AT staff with Claire and Curtis and Courtney and Jordan are just unreal, and they've made it a lot easier for me to see the plan and execute the plan that they set for me and come back. And working with Scott throughout the week, being in practice and being involved, what has that been like? Man, Scott's a he's a he's a – He's a different demon, I feel like. he's a, He brings a whole new uh, flair kind of to our offense. And uh, I think I, I'm excited to finally be a part of it and not just watch it from the sideline and practice, be able to be out there and walk through today and listen to the play calls, listen to him calling the plays, like what he's thinking, the situations that we're in, and kind of like almost dissecting like his brain a little bit to better understand the game. And now getting to work with, with Taylor Powell. Mm-hmm. How has that been throughout practice and, and throwing around with him? TP, I mean, t- me and TP are, are pretty uh, close. Like, we ping pong. I mean, like, we're just like little brothers, like brother and brother kind of relationship. Like, we like each other on by the end of the day. Like, we know we got each other's back. That was Tyler Ternowski. There's been a lot of talk this week about Simone Lawrence entering the top 10 all-time in tackles in the CFL, and he's only three away from being alone at number 10 on the list. Simone's had an incredible career, and I spoke to him about approaching the record and some of the highs and lows of his career to get to this point. Honestly, I feel the same as last week. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get this team to the great cup, you know, and then that's what they expect from me, you know, since I've been here. I've just been giving them clips, so whatever I can do to make this team win, if we come out with the win, that would be way better than the record right now. That's all I care about is a win right now. When you entered the league, did you think that this was something that would be possible? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you go into something, you know, when I first got to Edmonton, it was a little shaky a little bit. I was like, do I still even want to play football? Da, da, da. And then I got traded out here, got closer to my family and stuff like that. And, you know, the city embraced me. I love the city so much. And it was somewhere where I just wanted to make home. And, you know, every everything that comes with Simone Lawrence is a part of Hamilton. You know, just the way the city's been repping me and putting me on and stuff like that. So anything I do is part of the city. So, you know, I know I could do anything, really. 
you've been dominant on that defense, especially over the last several games. Is this playoff Simone we're seeing here a little early on? Man, it's whatever it takes, Simone, right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, we need to win games, and, you know, they know who to call when you need to win some games. I get to it. You know, we got a great group of teammates. Everybody's making plays. Coach is dialing it up. And, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to Coach Ross, you know, really working with me all season, you know, not like getting too high, not getting too low, and just being consistent and staying on my ass all day. Heading against Toronto, a great offense, how do you disrupt Chad Kelly and throw him off of his game and, and the rest of that Toronto offense? Toronto's been doing really great. They've been playing really good together as a team. You know, anytime you bring a bunch of guys back like they did, you know, they're going to have that early continuity and stuff like that. So with them, you just got to play great team football, you know, because that's what they're going to do. So, you know, we got to play great on all phases. It's never about just one person. We got to play great on offense, special teams, and defense. Win two of the three of those, and, you know, we'll be in great shape. That was Simone Lawrence. It's time I bring on my guest, Brian Simmons. Brian, before we get into this Ticats-Argos rivalry game, we have to talk about the big win for the Cats last week over the Bombers. Why do you feel the Ticats were able to be so successful against such a good Winnipeg Blue Bombers squad? I mean, in all honesty, Braden, um, from what I saw, and um, I was actually in house as a, it was finally, it was nice to link up with you. Yes, finally, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, from what I saw, I just, I don't care. What no one says they can't say Winnipeg did not lose this game. Hamilton won this game. Yes. And uh, from what I saw, I just saw a lot of fight from them. I saw guys who looked like they knew what to expect. I mean, other than a couple of deep plays that the defense gave up. It's like other than those few surprises, for the most part, you know, they didn't look startled. They did a good job controlling, like shutting down the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterback, you know, other than one bad decision that he made, you know, other than that, I felt like he played an outstanding game. You know, he, and I, the run game was enough to keep them on their toes. I mean, special teams was good. It was just a true team win. Like in all phases of the game, I felt like Hamilton just outplayed Winnipeg. No, I totally agree. And I feel like, this game, and, and let me know if you agree, should give you a ton of momentum heading into this final Argos Ticats game of the season. Oh yeah, of course, because once you don't you don't want to get swept. You don't want them no. to bring the brooms out. You know, that's not a good look. And um I mean, in my opinion, you can say Toronto and Winnipeg are the top, you know, tier teams in this league and the way they played them in that game, you know, that should definitely motivate them and as far as also the streak that they've been on lately, like they gotta, they gotta be, you know, kind of on a, I kind of just say like a, a joy, a joy rush, kind of just so excited, you know. So I yeah. feel confident that they'll get it done. I really do. I think it's gonna be a great game. I, do you think that Toronto has? They've already clinched the East. Do you think it's possible that this team almost, I don't know, goes into cruise control a bit here, or do you think they're going for this? I, I believe it'd be one of the best records in CFL history if they win out. But, but do you? Th- see the possibility of this team maybe getting a little complacent? Uh, You know, I, honestly, I, I don't. I don't. Because when I, when I see them play, one thing about them is even in games where they've been losing, they continue to fight. You yeah. know, I mean, when you have a record that's that well, you could easily be like, okay, man, we're 8-1 and or we're this and that. It's okay to just kind of put this game to bed, but those guys keep fighting. So I don't see that happening soon, but I could say maybe – I guess with two weeks left in the season, I could probably see them like, you know, letting some younger guys 
come in yeah. and evaluate it, letting the, the older guys rest. But I feel like your play, they should still keep playing the guys. Me personally, I think they should. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's a lot of, I'm sure, incentives also involved with, mm-hmm. with some of those guys wanting to hit certain numbers. Yep. When you look at the numbers in the Argos game and then you look at the numbers in the Winnipeg game, one thing that stands out to me, and that's James Butler against Winnipeg has 22 carries compared to, I believe, 11 carries against the Argos. Do you think he needs to get a lot more touches in this game? Oh, yes, he does. Because um, I'm telling you, even when he doesn't you know, hit the century mark, it's, it's still effective because that's something that they have to think about. You know, I'm telling you, yeah. if he wouldn't have had those that many touches, you wouldn't have seen as many plays down the field of Tim White and stuff. You know, like it, it just yeah. opens up the offense for everyone. You know, even if, you know, if he doesn't reach 100, like you think he had like 22 for 80 something, which those are respectable numbers. And I mean, to get those many touches, it just slows the game down. It keeps Zach off the field. Like it just it really it was a great game plan, and I, like I said, it was a, a true team win. The last time the Ticats took on the Argos, they actually limited Chad Kelly very well. He only had mm-hmm. 202 yards through the air. He also had two picks. Why was it that, although the numbers didn't reflect what Chad Kelly did in that game, that he was able to still be so successful, if you if you know what I mean? like he, he, he If you look at his numbers – you're thinking, oh, this is the losing quarterback. But he, I mean, it was a dominant performance somehow. Well, yeah, because he, one thing he did was he made plays when he needed to make plays, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one thing that was well. So uh, he just, he, I think that's what helped him because he made plays when he needed to make plays. And like I told you before, Braden, it's about that run game with them, man. Like, you got to mm-hmm. stop, you got to stop Conan in the backfield. You got to stop him. Yeah, and, and one thing I wanted to ask you, Brian, the, the Ticats are now firmly in a race to host a playoff game, which is mm-hmm. something we might not have thought was possible or, or thought was very unlikely, say, four or five games ago. How big of a difference does it make to have that first playoff game at home? Oh, it makes a, a huge difference because, you know, if you get that one out the way, you have the momentum going. And, I mean, we obviously know that the uh, Great Cup goes through Toronto this year. And when I played for Hamilton, I always felt like playing at Toronto was just an extended home game, you know. So, I mean, it's a great setup for them. Like, they should want – they truly should, you know, have that as something to motivate them. Do these home – like you mentioned, it was kind of like playing a home game. Are these probably your favorite road game? You're basically doing the same routine as you would for a home game, right? Oh, yeah, it is. And, I mean, in the past, like I said, I just – the Hamilton fan base is just much stronger than – um Toronto fan base yep. and it's just always been a home game and you know some guys you know they might spend the night in Toronto I never did I would just drive up the day of the game but uh I've always enjoyed playing there though yeah it's somewhere that I mean they could celebrate after the game if, if they were to win and, and it wouldn't be too far to get home so I guess that's nice yep. also the Ticats receiving core has been excellent over the last several games and, and you have multiple guys doing stuff for them on that receiving court. How important is it to have a group like this where you have so many different options that can help you be successful on that offense? Oh, it's very important because it it gives your offense balance. Mm -hmm. And when you have so many guys that can make plays, it's very hard for you to key in and focus on stopping one guy. It's like, okay, if we stop this guy, we have to worry about that guy. So it makes them play more honest and you know, it's a more of a, they have to play honest. They can't just scheme you out of your ways and what you're trying to do. So 
um, yeah, it's very important to have those guys in your offense. What have you been seeing from Taylor Powell? I, I mean, every week we talk about how he's growing as a player, but in that last game specifically, what did you see from him that you liked? Um, like I said, man, in every week, I know we probably sound like broken <laughs> records, you know, but he just continued to do the same things. Like he, you just see, and as someone who's, I've, I've been able to play with great quarterbacks from his first snap he took in Edmonton mm -hmm. to now, it's just two completely different players. Like you can see the body language, you can see the poise, you can see his teammates believing in him. Like yeah. you just see it in the huddle, you see it all. So he just got to, you know, continue to get better. I mean, I don't know how much Bo is helping him, but the guys is looking more and more poised, you know, each week. You can you can truly see it coming together. You've played with a lot of great quarterbacks. If you had to pick one, kind of putting you on the spot here, who does TP yeah. remind you of the most <laughs> if you had to pick one of the quarterbacks you played for? Mm. Man, man, man. Let me. I, honestly, I would say, well... Nah, because I'm trying to think physically. It's, it's weird because I want to say he's young now, and I'll never forget. And I'm not saying he plays exactly like this guy, but the first time I ever seen Zach play was when he played for Toronto, 2012. And um, they were already set for to make the Great Cup, so they had put Zach in the second half. We like, who is this Caleros kid? And he lit us up, man. Oh, he lit us up. But uh, if he keeps progressing that way, I would probably I would probably have to compare him to Zach, and I only say that because that's of all the quarterbacks I've played with, he's the one that I've seen like his route yeah. to you know to become successful. Whereas the other guys, they were all proven veterans, like you know Kevin Glenn, Henry Burris, Ke uh, Darren Durant. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's a little bit different. So I'll probably have to say Zach just because of the trajectory of the career. I I mean I could see the comparison as a young QB, but it's I think this is the first time we're really seeing a true rookie, a guy fresh out of college, yeah. come into the CFL yeah. and make an impact. So in a way, it's kind of it's a unique story in itself. One of his biggest options is Tim White. Game after game after game, he's just connecting with Tim. Tim had a great game still last week, but compared to his previous weeks, it looks like an average game for him, which just goes to show how good he is. <laughs> how big is it to have another big game like he did against the Argos last time? Oh, man, well, I know they're keying on him, especially. I mean, the guy's been on a, a high streak and the offense has opened up. So I guarantee you, it, it's. I'll say this, almost as important as having a big game, just making his presence be felt. Because when you have a guy like that, you know, it's going to make the defense want to focus on him. And, you know, the play calling, it really opens up the playbook for the offense. So um, I hope it continues to do well. And it's, it's definitely been fun watching him. One record we spoke about last week was the Simone Lawrence breaking into the top 10 <laughs> in tackles. He almost got there. Yes, we were did. talking about it. He had eight <laughs> tackles. Like, yeah. he was pretty close to hitting that magic number of 10. Now the magic number is two to tie, three <laughs> to pass. Do you think he gets it done here? Yo, yeah, he'll get it done. He'll get it done. It's, it's funny because I was like, wow, I thought he was going to break it because I was I was actually counting him and keeping up with him. And <laughs> me too, me too. He was making plays. And like I said, that's that's the offense for him. And this is another game. I actually I expect him to have at least about five or six tackles in the next game because it's another type of team that plays a very balanced offense. Before we go, a couple keys to victory for the Ticats here against the Argos. Well, yeah, as usual, uh, if every I'll tell you this, Braden, if, if everyone – comes with the same kind of juice they had against Winnipeg, as I and I expect them to. Yeah. It'll definitely put them in a great position to win. Um I feel like I don't know what the ticket sales are for this game, but I feel like it's gonna be, you know, a larger than usual crowd at for Toronto. Sure. Yes. And um 
I just I think what they got to do is slow down that running back, like we said, and just put you know Chad Kelly in difficult positions. One thing about Chad, I don't obviously he's not one of the more mobile quarterbacks in our league, but he gets out of situations though. If you yeah. watch him, he's very slippery and he's very good at extending plays, and they just have to know to try to eliminate that. And defensive backs, like I've always, I know I played offensive line, but a defensive back has to know when this guy's on the on the run, you got to get your man. You know, you got to get to your zone, stick to your keys. You know, so uh, I definitely think it's just going to take them stopping the run game offensively. Got to establish James Butler. Got to yeah. establish the run game. You know, TP keep making plays, and the guys and the receivers as well. You know, offensive line played a good game as well against Winnipeg. I felt. You know, so if they can do that and just continue things, um, I definitely expected to see a very competitive game. That was Brian Simmons. Big thanks to him for being on the show, as well as Tyler Ternowski, Simone Lawrence, and Coach O. Ticats fans, remember, if you're heading down to BMO Field tomorrow to watch our Ticats take on the Argo, show your BMO game tickets and score 20% off at the Ticats shop. That goes on until tomorrow, so make sure to go in Get those deals. Shop hours are from Tuesday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So they are open tomorrow if you're looking to get some stuff before you head to the game. Also, if you are making the trip to Toronto, make sure to stop by the Brazen Head Irish Pub in Liberty Village. It's going to be a party filled with a bunch of Ticats fans preparing for this final installment of the Battle of the QEW for the season. So make sure to stop by, say hello to some fellow fans, enjoy a couple drinks and just get ready to see a great football game. Kickoff is at 7 p.m., so that goes on until 7 p.m. That's all the time for me today. I want to thank you for listening to Ticats today.